You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast. I'm so glad to be here. This is an early morning for me. And of course, my guest is calling in all the way from the UK. And this podcast, of course, is brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry. Now, before I introduce my guest, whose name is Kim Adele Platts, to you, if Starting a Thought Leader podcast has been something that you've wanted to do for a while, but you just didn't know where to start or what to do, then just a heads up that my immersive, my 90-day idea to launch your podcast immersive program is starting soon. The doors will be closing. So if you want to find out more, go to podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash immersive. And if you get there and you're watching or maybe listening after the, the, uh, the doors close, just pop your name on the waiting list and uh, the next time we open, which will be next year, you'll be the first to know. So without any further ado, let me introduce today's guest to you. So joining me on today's show is Kim Adele Platts. She is a successful entrepreneur and she specializes in empowering board level leaders to overcome imposter syndrome and turn their vulnerability into a superpower. Can't wait to hear more about that. Now, over 25 years, she's established a reputation as a transformational leader driven by challenges, undeterred by obstacles, and she is committed to furthering standards of excellence. Now, on today's show, Kim Adele, she's going to share simple tips to help us reframe our perception. She's going to talk about how to build our confidence so that we can achieve our goals, as well as how to turn our vulnerability into a superpower. Can't wait to hear more. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. How's your morning going? Oh, it is good. Actually, it's going to be a beautiful day today. It's very warm here in, in Melbourne. When I say warm, warmer than it has been. So in the 30s. Certainly warmer than here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So uh, looking forward uh, to that. But certainly looking forward to talking with you today because as um, we've shared on, on the show notes, and uh, the heads up, what you're going to be talking about is imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome, I know, at uh, mm -hmm. one time or another, can impact and affect people. I mean, I sometimes have, you know, oh, am I really? Is it really me? And I'm sure you do too. Yeah, but yeah. it's when it becomes crippling that it stops someone from, from getting out there and really shining. And that's what we're really going to talk about today. But first, Kim, how you got into this particular topic, why are you so passionate about it? Because I know that there's something that you really are sharing your message about and hoping to transform people who really are struggling with imposter ah. syndrome. So floor is yours. Thank you so much. So um, I realized this year, so I'm 46 and I've been dealing with imposter syndrome, my own imposter syndrome for 46 years and realized that I've learned a few tricks that might help other people. So I left school at 15 to be a hairdresser. I made it all the way up to um, C-suite in a FTSE 250 and yet still felt I wasn't enough and it wasn't going to be good enough. And every day someone was going to turn up and go, she's just an ex-hairdresser. And obviously it never happened, but you had that doubt, that crippling self-doubt and that voice that drowns out all of your achievements. 
And I thought, God, this is just so hard. And, and almost you couldn't recover from your from the positives. Mm-hmm. And then I had my little girl two years ago. And it was the biggest dawning realization that um, you actually, your inner child is now not inside. She's outside. She's running around. And you look at all of the things that she can do and the determination. And you think, well, hold on. If I can make her, then surely it can't be all bad. And your children don't learn from what you tell them to do. They learn from what they see you do. So if I don't want her to suffer from imposter syndrome, I had to find a way of dealing with it for myself. And one of the things that I found was three really simple questions that helped me move my mindset because you do have to make those little shifts. So the first one was, whose voice is that? Because the voice that you're berating yourself with is very often a voice from your past. So it might be something that happened to you when you were a child or um, when you didn't get a job interview that went well. And it comes back to that point. So it allows you to work out where you were in your journey that's making you have that doubt. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, why are they talking? Because they're usually trying to stop you from making a mistake. It is there as a protection, but actually they're remembering a previous episode and forgetting how far you've come since then. And for me, the the third and the most powerful was, what would I say to Scarlett if she were facing exactly the same situation? Because like most biased mothers, I think there's nothing that my little girl can't do as long as she's kind and as long as she's honest. So actually, if she were faced with it, I'd say, well, of course you can, my darling. You'd give, it, you'd give it a try. And the worst that can happen is you learn a new way to not do it. But actually, all the great learnings in the world have come from making mistakes and learning the lesson from them. So again, as long as you're kind and as long as you're um, honest, then you should be able to move forward. And since since learning that, and I decided that maybe now's the time to actually go and help and give back. I live a really blessed life. I've been really successful in my career. So I went and did um, exec coaching and actually moved into starting my own business and realized that imposter syndrome is so prevalent to so many. And you never really get past it, but learning a few techniques to help you recognize when the beast is trying to take control and quieten that voice to stop you getting in your own way is really powerful and can totally change people's perspectives. And for me, that's the that's why I do what I do is so, yeah, that I did a speech last week and had some really lovely feedback afterwards from people going that really helped and I could see how I could use that for myself in, in some situations and I suppose that's why I want to share the message I think Forbes did a recent well they did a recent study that shows that 18 percent of people quote imposter syndrome as being one of their biggest barriers mm-hmm. and that's before we get into all of the people that don't quote that they've got it but still suffer it And I suppose one of the things that that I've started to recognize is you can't have imposter syndrome until you've been successful, because actually it's the fear that that success is going to get taken away, that you didn't really earn it, that you weren't really, it wasn't yours, because there's a big part about not feeling too egotistical about things. So I actually wonder whether instead of imposter syndrome, the reality is it is a symptom of the insecure overachiever because they can't recognize those parts. So again, just in reframing it from being, I'm no longer an imposter, I'm an insecure overachiever, puts me in a more positive mindset and therefore I'm more able to take the next step and move forward. Yeah, yeah. I love what you just said there. there. One of the things that that will often happen, especially with people who are, as you said, we're overachievers, we're we're goal-driven, and often we put our expectations very, very high on ourselves, much more than we would our children, for you, Scarlett, you know, and... and 
Um, if we don't recognise that, then then that's something that will continue to inhibit us. And so I love those three questions that you've asked yourself. Would you say then that a lot of times that people are not even at a stage yet where they can ask themselves that question is because so many people don't realise how many other people also have the same doubt about themselves. Would you say that that's a fair call to... to oh, absolutely. It is completely fair call. And I've done, obviously, quite a lot of research in the area. And what's been fascinating is even the likes of Einstein had imposter syndrome. So if you go back and look at some of their quotes, I think his quote was something to, uh, along the lines of the esteem within which my work is held leaves me feeling like um, an unintentional imposter. So you think he's, you know, recognised as, as one of the brains of, of you know, the, the recent centuries, and yet he suffered it too, and so did many others. I think if you look at, uh, there's a, a video of um, Colin Powell, and he also talks about um, things that allude to imposter syndrome. So it's rife in so many, and I think that's where it made me start to think about whether or not it actually is just about the insecure overachiever, rather than actually the imposter syndrome. And I think one of the challenges we've got is we do love a label, don't we? We like to have a name for things um, because that makes us feel comfortable. But sometimes the name itself is more debilitating than what it is that we're trying to trying to address. And I think it's helping people understand that. And I suppose when I look at sort of the vulnerability being a superpower, mm. what you realise is the thing, the thing about you that you are so terrified somebody else will find out about that they'll realise that actually maybe you're not as confident as, as you come across. And certainly in some of the roles I've done, it was always it was always taught to us that you couldn't be seen to be vulnerable. You couldn't lead if actually people thought that you were weak in any area. And I said, like, that's so hard, because actually that's what's driving our despair and compare culture, because we only ever put our best version of ourselves out there. You know, we don't rush out and take a, take a photograph of the time I burnt dinner or the fact that I was up all night with a two-year-old and, and the no makeup selfie. So you only ever put out your best version. So the rest of the world is then looking at the best version of each other and thinking that's reality. And, and it isn't, because we all have tough times. We all have those occasions where we doubt. And actually what I've learned in the last few years is sharing your vulnerability, but being very mindful of how much of it you share so that you don't lose your credibility, actually enables you to be a significantly better leader because people realize that actually you are human and therefore they can share when they're feeling a little bit vulnerable themselves because you've created a safe space and that allows you to have a much more empowered team and also helps us with mental fitness, which we know is a massive challenge across across the whole globe, isn't it? Of people struggling with the pressures that we put ourselves under. And, and it's also extremely prevalent in millennials and in, in our youth. And my brother has, has got three children that are kind of nearing getting to do their exams. And there's the anxiety that them and their friends feel that if they make the wrong choice now, that's going to be it for life. And, you know, and he often says to them, like, look at, you know, look at his life, look at his, and it often laughs and says, look at your Auntie Kim. I mean, you know, she's got an MVQ in hairdressing. She's not let it stop her. So don't worry that it's a decision that you never get to move on from. As long as you keep trying and you're willing to learn and you're kind to yourself. And I think that's been one of the big learns for me is, to be really kind to other people, you have to recognise you do have to be kind to yourself too. And you've got to look for, we are, human beings are self-fulfilling prophecies. So what, what happens is we believe that we are logical beings. So we make our decisions based on logic, but the reality is we don't. 
wow. we actually are emotional beings so we make our decisions based on emotion and then we look for the facts that are actually going to prove that the decision was right justify our our thinking mm -hmm. but the problem is the conscious mind only gets given information that is asked for from the unconscious mind so we start looking for biased information so i believe that actually i'm not good at this and everybody else thinks that so i now go and look for loads of facts that prove me right um, and that justify that that is a sensible way of thinking so again one of the techniques that i've learned is um why do i feel like this what facts are there that support that my thinking is correct and then the next one is, are there any facts that suggest there could be an alternative? Because asking yourself that question means that your subconscious goes and looks for it. And what you'll find is it comes back with evidence that actually it's not all wrong. There is equal evidence that there's something right. And now that you've got a balanced picture, you can look at it and go, well, now that I've got all of the facts, do I still believe that there's nothing that I do here that's good? Or on balance, is there good and bad and therefore there's things that I should keep doing and some opportunities for me to develop further and that again changes your whole mindset and allows you to progress yeah amazing what you've just been sharing and I know everyone who really is struggling with imposter syndrome um, is taking so much away one of the things that you've said and I want to just dive in a little bit deeper mm. into this because I think with a lot of leaders or aspiring leaders once they realize this it takes a huge pressure off their shoulders and I learned this from many people who are already in leadership roles as I was interviewing them for another one of my podcasts, Women in Leadership. And they were saying is that the moment that they gave themselves permission to say, you know what, I don't know everything. And in actual fact, my role is not to know everything, but rather to rally around me, a group of awesome people. And if they are better than me, fantastic, because my role is to empower them to show up the best that they can be and they'll know it. And I think once we do that as leaders, then there's no ego there. No one's trying to be better than the other because we're all collaborating and working together to the common goal. And every single one of us brings different talents, different gifts, different strengths. And I think once we realise that, um, we then can move forward in our own strength because we're not comparing and we're not judging and we're not assuming that other people think that we're no good too. Have you found that to be true? Oh, absolutely. I, it's really, really well put. And I think it is that. It's the power of understanding that actually as the leader, you don't need to know the answers, not for all of them. What you need to know is what are the right questions really great leaders are actually really good storytellers and really good storytellers are good storytellers because they go and gather stories so actually they're interested in other people and they want to listen to what they've got to say and what their story is and what their journey is because that's where they recognize is their power in helping shape those people bring their journey to life and actually really good leaders go and recruit people that are better than them in all the areas where they're weak where they're vulnerable because they realize that it's the sum of the parts that makes the team and i think once you realize that once you get that you give yourself that permission to admit i don't know that you know i i do all the time i stand up in meetings and there is that fear isn't there where, where people ask you a question and and uh, you don't have the answer and actually now i'll say to them instead you know, i don't have the answer i can give you my opinion but actually and I will happily will share what my opinion is, but let me go and check the facts. Let me go and find out from somebody what the actual answer is, because then both of us will learn something new and 
collectively will be better. And I think it is about building that trust and it's having that authenticity that allows you to to really lead. And I think that's been one of the, for me, the big the big breakthrough was, um, and I remember it was it was many years ago, and I was uh, in working for a company called Sage. And uh, I went in, I remember looking at all these amazing people, these amazing leaders, and they were so well polished and they were so, they just looked the part. And I was like, oh dear, well, I'm like a hyperactive puppy dog, so I'm never going to look the part. I'm never going to be able to, to uh, deliver in the way that they deliver. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to give my permission, myself permission to just be me mm-hmm. um, and just work really hard on building the relationship with my team, understanding what, you know, what the, where their strengths were, trying to ask the right questions to help them unlock their own blind spots and see whether or not collectively we could be better. And I remember the, in an interview um, getting to the end of it and the, they said, oh, if you had to sum yourself up in one word, what would it be? And I said, oh, well, I'm loud. And they were a little bit taken aback and they looked at me and they went, sorry, you're loud. And they said, that's the word you're going to go with. And I said, well, oh, I'm not, not certain. I mean, you've been with me for like 50 minutes. Do you think I'm loud? And she was like, well, yes, I do. I said, in that case, it's self-aware and it's honest. I'll stick with it. And she said, you know, that is the moment that she said, I realized you were the leader that we that we needed. She said, because most of the people would say I'm inspirational or I'm highly motivated or I'm all of these things. She said, whereas you came in with something that most people wouldn't want to admit. Yes. <laughs> I said, but that is what you were going to get every day because I can't not be me. Yeah. Not if I want to lead people because people understand that you're hiding something. If you're trying to be somebody you're not then they stop listening to what you've got to say because instead they're trying to work out what's the bit that's not quite right? What's the bit you're hiding? So actually, for me, once I embrace the fact that I am a little bit of a hyperactive puppy dog and I do just love hearing other people's stories, life became so much easier because you got to go in and like thoroughly enjoy your job. Um, And people wanted to come and tell you about the things that had gone well or the things that weren't going so well and started to seek you out as being a, sounding board somebody who became a confident more so necessarily than the traditional leader but the results were significant and I've been very fortunate my last nine roles have come off the back of recommendations for people that worked with me in the past which is lovely to to see because they know what they're going to get and I think that is just around saying I am not the best in the world but neither is anybody there is no perfect person there is no perfection we are all human and therefore we have things that we do well and we have things that we don't do well but being honest about those and sharing them and being able to do that reverse mentoring so because you've recruited people that are better at the things that you're not good at they get to give something back and how nice is that for them to go you know I taught that person something as well as they taught me something and I'm yeah for me personally I'm really proud of the fact that I'm still in touch with most people that I've worked with over the past 25 years um, and could you know, pick up the phone to them. And we, we still connect because that's really important. People play a part in your such a huge part in your life that it's nice to see how their lives develop, isn't it? And how they grow. Through just being in, in, interacting with you. One of the things that I want to dive in a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into is the, the topic of confidence. And so often what we do is we wait until we feel confident enough to do whatever it is, to lead a team, to get out on stage, to speak. But one of the things that I, I mean, I probably have one of those characteristics that I love to freak myself out. So I'll say <laughs> yes to stuff and then I'll freak out later. And you learn on the way, you know, on the way to do things. Confidence builds as you continue to do the thing that you 
fear the most. It's like that saying, not that I would do this, jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down. Not yeah. as, as extreme as that, but speak <laughs> a little bit more about confidence because I know that one of the things and everything you've spoken about today is how to build confidence and achieve your goals. And what yeah. I'm hearing you say is that you just went out and did that. You were vulnerable to your team, which meant that you were yourself. You gave yourself permission. But your team, I would imagine, would have built a level of trust with you because of the fact that you were honest and you were not trying to be something or someone that you were not because people can see through that a mile away. Absolutely. So share a little bit about what you've seen in yourself and maybe even in, in your team where you would have encouraged them to go and do things that initially they may have been a little bit more fearful of. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I actually uh, just did a recent podcast on um, confidence can be faked because actually I, I'm still a big believer in sometimes with confidence, you have to fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. So I'll be honest, I was absolutely dreading coming on here and talking. So I was giving myself a good talking to before I came. And last week, for example, I had to stand up and, and give a speech at an exhibition. And I was terrified. So I did what I always do on occasions where I'm scared is I wore a really bright outfit, put really bright lipstick on and a massive smile because people don't look past it. People see what they want to see. So if you go out and you appear to be confident, you have the big smile, you look people in the eye and you wear bright colours because they just go, oh, that's a confident person. Funnily enough, your confidence starts to grow because they start to interact with you as if you're already confident um, and therefore whatever you're starting to share they will come back and and they can share something too and I think because you're able to say do you know without despite having confidence issues as they, as they go along I still manage to keep going and I'm very much like you I do like to um, totally freak myself out and I've been one of those kids that always goes how hard can it be and then the minute you've said it gone what am I doing? Why have I got myself? It's like I just want to go like that to your mouth, don't, don't you? But but you know what? I think sometimes we we do we surprise ourselves. We say yes to opportunities, and you know what? This is one of the things that I have learned. It's not about being the best, but rather than giving it your best go. And if something doesn't work out, or you do um, make a mistake, or whatever, admit it. We are all human, as you've said, and we all make mistakes, and we often learn from our mistakes if we give ourselves the opportunity to do that. And, you know, and I think sometimes when we take life too seriously, then uh, we're not able to enjoy those moments, even in the, the the times that were the most embarrassing. In fact, I was just asked to answer a number of questions. And, mm -hmm. and one of them, the questions was, you know, what was the most embarrassing moment? And, you know, I could not think of one because there are so many times during the day that I will do funny things but you know what you pick the humor out of it and I think you, if you are able to laugh at yourself then that just builds that bond and that you know relationship with others to give them for self-permission to just be them too have you found that in your team when you've been vulnerable and you've been open that you have and I think this this segues beautifully into the last section that and you've already been sharing mm -hmm. and how to turn your vulnerability into a superpower you said to your team this is me and I love storytelling and I and you showed up and then they became comfortable and in, in you know um, brave enough or courageous enough to share stories with you when things yeah. are not going so well yes absolutely so and because you do because you do share and you go do you know what? it's absolutely okay to feel concerned about these things it's okay to interviews are a great a great example so you go for an interview and you start being terrified that you're not going to get the job and and actually there is no downside to an interview 
because one of two things is going to happen either you're going to get the job or you're going to end up with some really good feedback about what you need to develop to get the job next time either way you're one step closer to the job so when you start to look at it in a different way and sharing some of that with with my teams has really helped them. So then they'll come to me when they've got things that they're feeling slightly nervous about, particularly, for example, difficult conversations with people, because they are always really hard, aren't they? If you suddenly got to go and give somebody some developmental feedback, that can be a real challenge. And one of the biggest challenges is they don't actually mean to get it wrong. So what happens is you start off, you give them the go, give me the feedback and I'm all organized. But the problem is they spend the first 10 minutes uh, instead defending what they were trying to achieve because they were trying to get it right. So actually what I share with my guys is understand what it's like to be in their shoes. So start off with, instead of telling them, instead of leaping straight into the developmental feedback because that's the bit you're nervous about and you just want to get it out and stumble the words over, think about how you'd like to receive it if you were on the other end. I said, so actually, one of the things I do with, with my teams is I'll first discuss with them what I think they were trying to achieve. So I think you were trying to do this. I think this is the goal. Am I right? Is that what you were looking to do? Um, and when they, you know, we get to an agreement, they then know that I know they were trying to do the right thing, that they had an honourable goal, that I don't think that they were trying to be difficult or awkward or, or uncomfortable. And that I'm completely 100% on their side because the goal is a good goal. So at that point, all we have to talk about is that was your intention. Unfortunately, your impact didn't quite marry that. So how, where I can help you is I can show you what actually happened. And together we can find a way to make sure that next time what you intend to do and what you actually do deliver the same result. So all of a sudden it's gone from being a very difficult conversation to being a much easier conversation. But I'll share with them when I've made mistakes in the past. I, I did one, you know, you look at your most embarrassing moment. Mine still haunts me. It was many years ago, back at the Halifax, and we had just launched a charity credit card. And I stood up in front of 480 people and told them that one of the charities we supported was Imperial Leather. And then obviously immediately it was like, oh my goodness, no, it's Imperial Cancer, because Imperial Leather is a soap. Um, and I was more and, and that's how I, that's what I said to the audience. I was like, and of course, yeah, Imperial Leather is a soap uh, and not a charity. Um, so they thought it was hilarious, thought it was part of the speech, and we kind of carried on. Um, but actually, it was clearly a massive mistake. And for many years afterwards, the minute I had to go and speak to anybody or the minute you had to stand up, I had this little voice go, do not say Imperial Leather, do not say anything stupid, because that, that was all that I could relive. And as best as I know, I've never said anything that stupid since, but I'm not ruling it out that there could be an opportunity in the future. But it's allowing yourself to go, do you know what? And if that happens, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to take away any of the positives that have happened in my career. So one of the tips that I use with, with some, of, uh, my, uh, some of my clients is that every day they write a little bit of a journal. So they write down anybody that thanked them in the day because actually we get thank yous all the time but we kind of we're a little, particularly the british we're a little bit dismissive yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh that's nothing you know yeah i was fine um and actually instead they're taking the time to appreciate you so you should appreciate their appreciation if that makes sense it makes the whole world a better place yeah. so they write those bits down and then they write down what is the thing that i've learned today and that learn can be something that went really well, 
So actually, I was nervous about something, but it went better than I thought it was. So my learn is perhaps next time trust myself. Or it could be something didn't go as well as I expected it to. But what I do next time is as a result of it. And then whenever you're having those moments of self-doubt, which happen a lot for all of us, I know, is you go back and have a look at that journal. And what you'll find on balance is there is so much more appreciation and so many more times when your lesson was to trust yourself than there were those moments where actually you learn a way of doing something differently. Mm. Um, and it just allows you to, to reframe that perspective. And I think for me, that's when you turn that. So for me, turning my vulnerability into a superpower has been sharing my vulnerability, saying to people, do you know what? I do think people are going to go, she's just a hairdresser. Or I do think people are going to you know, decide everything that you've got to say is irrelevant or that you can't lead. But then I go back to, to my little book, or I go to the people that have reached out and, and shared that as a result of, of working with me, they've actually achieved something they never thought that they were able to do and go on balance. Actually, I'm not egotistical enough to think my opinion's better than theirs. So if they're the ones that are saying you're doing a good job, why, why would I think that I know better? Um, so, which is an interesting di uh, dynamic, isn't it? When you kind of look at it and go, actually, inadvertently, by being, by owning the imposter syndrome and actually listening to it, you're inadvertently being more egotistical because you're saying your opinion is better than anybody else's that's telling you that you're wrong. Um, and when you put it like that, you're like, oh, well, I don't actually think that. I don't think I'm cleverer or more intelligent than anybody else. So maybe a bit like the fake it till you make it when it comes to confidence, maybe I'm going to just borrow their belief in me until I can find the belief in myself. Yes, 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 and actually, yes. for me, that's been a really useful way of doing things that I never thought I would be able to do and pushing myself to situations that, that terrify me. And it's been funny because I had somebody say to me the other day, they're like, it's all right for you because you're fearless. And I was like, I'm so not fearless. I am. Um, I live every day in fear. I said, but actually for me, I'm more fearful of, of not taking the risk than I am of taking it and falling. Because if I take it and I fall, I'm, not, I'm not, probably not going to die. I probably will survive. It could be really embarrassing for a period. There is going to be a lick your wounds element, but actually I will survive. Whereas if I don't take the chance, I'll never know what could have been. I'll never know what I could have achieved. And we only get one life. I think it's Anthony Hopkins that said, we only get one life. None of us are getting out of here alive. So you may as well take the risk, drink the wine, um, enjoy the music. And, and I think, you know, for, for me, that was always a, it was always a great way of summing it up. It's like, we're, we're only here once. And on most people, when you see when it, unfortunately is you know, their final time, they don't think about all the risks that they took that they got wrong. They think about all the ones they didn't take. And for me, that that's the piece that drives me on, I think, and hopefully will drive others on as well. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So what is the best thing to connect with you to find more about how best can they connect with you um so there's there's lots of places so i i'm on twitter at kimadel 10 um i've also got a youtube channel where i've shared a number of um short videos just sharing some of the tips along the way to hopefully confidence hack your way out of the imposter syndrome those moments where you're feeling a little bit of, of doubt just 
listen to one of them. They're only they're only a, a few minutes long. But the idea is about setting that setting that mindset. And also the other tip that I would say is quotes are an amazing thing. I am renowned for having more quotes in my head than anybody ever needs in theirs. But that's because I use one every morning to pick my mood for the day. Because actually, if you pick your mood, it's funny. If you think you're going to have a good day, you have a good day. If you think you're going to have a bad day, you have a bad day. So um, I share a lot of those, and they're on they're on um, Twitter, but they're also on Instagram. So uh, it's always either just Kimmerdale or Kimmerdale 10, if anyone wants to get in touch. Um, and I would love to help anybody that I can. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy your lovely sunny day, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Absolutely. Bye for now. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Want to learn how to leverage your expertise, monetize your message, while become known as an authority in your field? Access our free Industry Thought Leader Podcast series to show you how at www.annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series. That's annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series.